1: Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. What day is it?
0: It's October 3rd.
1: Boo, you whore. You can't sit with us. Okay, did you just write a bunch of Mean Girls cliche quotes as this intro?
0: Oh my god, Matt, you can't just ask people why they're white.
1: Please just, can we stop this? (laughs) She doesn't even go here. Stop trying to make whatever this is happen. It's not going to happen. But oh boy, do we have a show for you, Glen Coco. You go, Glen Coco. That's right. It's October 3rd, a.k.a. National Mean Girls Day, a.k.a. the day in which we remember one of the greatest films of all time. And it happens to fall on a Wednesday this year, the day on which we wear pink but you can't see us in our oversized pink shirts. So instead, we're bringing you an audible celebration in the form of this season finale of Unhappy Hour. Don't worry, we will be back in just a month. (sighs) But first up, we got Worst Things First where I tell you the shittiest news of the week, And then, in the spirit of Mean Girls, we are diving deep into the horrors of high school. And finally, we have Daniel Francesi in the studio. He's an actor, comedian, model, and yes, he was our beloved Damien in Mean Girls. So let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's hop in the car, because we're going shopping, bitches, and start the show! All right, horse things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, a Roman Catholic priest at a church in Chicago, our hometown, held an exorcism with parishioners in which they burned a rainbow flag. So that's fun. Oh, God. (laughs) Surefire way to get rid of the gays is to burn the rainbow flag in your church. That'll teach them. (laughs) Real fun story, we're starting off with. I just, I don't, this man really thought he was like doing something with this. The priest, whose name I won't say because this tongue is reserved for dicks only, (laughs) said it was a way of solving the clergy abuse scandal. According to the priest, this was his explanation. We did so, we did it in a private way, a quiet way, so as not to bring the ire of the gay community down upon this parish. It's our full right to destroy it, and we did so privately because the archdiocese was breathing on our back. Because, like, the actual, like, archdiocese in Chicago did not tell them to do this. This man just took it upon himself. So, in a quiet way, we took matters into our own hands and said a prayer of exorcism over this thing. It was cut into seven pieces, so it was burned over stages in the same fire pit that we used for the Easter Vigil Mass. So, great. It's just a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) Little gay Jesus is going to rise up from those flames. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what happens on Easter, right? Exactly. Rises up from the flames? Right, right.
1: And he sashays away down that runway. And that's why we celebrate. Next! Officials in Florida, only in Florida, are on the hunt for a kangaroo named Storm that escaped its farm last week. In other words, an alligator is about to have the dinner of its life. <laughs> 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 R.I.P. Storm the kangaroo at this point I think every story that comes out of Florida is just like run through a Mad Libs machine and we have to accept the outcome the kangaroo hopped away from Jupiter Farms where it was raised with six other kangaroos Storm's owner says he believed he was spooked by a thunderstorm this story is dumb you
0: know what I think happened I think that this storm is an avid unhappy our listener and heard the several segments that we did about Fred the goat and he knew It was time.
1: To join the fight. Join the revolution of animals escaping their cages.
0: Inspirational.
1: Next! An Irish man was arrested at the Dublin airport after he missed his flight because he decided to run after the airplane on the tarmac, (laughs) wave it down, and try to get them to stop. It's
0: basically a bus.
1: Witnesses say the man was shouting, wait, before airport workers tackled his ass to the ground. Apparently he showed up late with a woman who's agitated because they arrived too late. So he broke through a door and made his way onto the tarmac and tried to flag the uh, aircraft down. He was arrested, charged with criminal damage. But the best part is that as he left court... He's 23 years old, so he he started shouting abuse and insults at the journalists who were there before swinging his suitcase at them. Why he had a suitcase in court, I don't know. And then he lowered his pants and mooned bystanders. Wow. Love this guy. (laughs) Which is just like, honestly, like Monday morning in Ireland, as far as I'm concerned. I'm technically Irish, okay? I don't know what I'm talking about. Next! A British card company called Moonpig allows customers to send personalized cards and gifts by uploading any photo they want to the website and then they put it on cards and shit.
0: I see where this is. And send it.
1: Yep. They had to send out a tweet literally begging customers to stop trying to send pics of their ugly dicks because it violates their term of service. Do they not have airdrop there? (laughs) <laughs> there is, I've seen on Twitter... Uh, When you take a photo with an iPhone, if you have live photo enabled, it takes like a, it actually takes like a three second video. Right. And uh, there's been people, there was one particular viral tweet where this woman was showing her girlfriends their, her engagement ring. She just got engaged. But her fiance was standing just right there with his like erect dick out. (laughs) And in the, in the still image, you didn't see it. But when you first open the picture, it plays the live photo. God. <laughs> and honestly happy for her. I'm glad she locked that shit down. <laughs> Anyway, I just, what, how full of yourself do you have to be? I, I already know the answer to this question. You just have to have a dick, apparently. <laughs> but to believe that, like, your dick is so precious, you can't just send a normal dick pic. You have to l- upload it to a website, have some worker print it out, put it on a fucking <laughs> gift card, and then send it in the mail. package, printed, stamped, and sent to someone. Anyway, uh, stick to live photos. Of your dicks, only give it to people who ask for it, and stop uploading it to Moonpig. Next, the rapper Lil Xan, best known for his diss track about Xanax, revealed this week that a dangerous diet of too many Flamin' Hot Cheetos landed him in the hospital. Honestly, I feel like Rip Van Winkle (laughs) like I clearly fell asleep for 70 years and woke up because no word in that sentence was legible to me oh god (laughs) who the fuck is Lil Xan Lil Xan whose real name is Diego Leanos, is apparently I'm told most famous for his platinum hit Betrayed a song about his addiction to Xanax and his bad experience with it oh no um But this isn't about Xanax. This is about Flamin' Hot Cheetos. He made a video with his hospital band on and said, I just want to let everyone know I was in the hospital, not due to any drugs, but I guess I ate too many Hot Cheetos and it ripped something in my stomach open, so I puked a little blood. But we good. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I can very much see myself in that position.
1: (laughs) Also, similar story. Apparently, there's one of those YouTube challenges going around. This time, it's the spicy ramen challenge. People are eating a Samyang hot chicken flavor cup of ramen. And this 20-year-old woman in the UK ended up in the hospital for four days, (gasps) bleeding out of her asshole. So maybe you should think twice about it. It's uh, literally just from one cup of ramen, and she f- it just, like, blew out her butthole. We've gone too far. YouTube is a cesspool. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, saved the best for last, a woman on vacation in Spain got the shock of her life after doctors found... A dead tortoise in her vagina. I'm sorry, Schwat. And she had no idea it was there How? until they fished it out of her. Why? Yes. I don't I don't know any she she apparently sought help because she was suffering some pain in her genital area. So she went to the doctor and they were like, Oh, yeah, it's because you have this dead turtle in your snatch. <laughs> <laughs> She had no idea how it ended up in her fucking cave. I mean, I have to imagine she was like on a beach and it crawled up there and died. Well, she
0: fell asleep. Or was she swimming and she was swimming so wide legged that it just the wave crashed in?
1: You know what? It's not her fault. She has a wide set vagina. And on that note, that's it for this week's <laughs> Worst Things First. Just be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for spicy ramen, fucking flaming hot Cheetos, and tortoises. Tortoises, tortoises, <laughs> tortoises that'll climb right up your fucking vagina. And that's it. Next, we are taking you back to the sacred hallowed halls of high school. Deep dive, deep dive, deep time, deep dive, deep time. Deep Tide. Deep Tide. Deep Tide. Deep 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 all right, well, in honor of today's Mean Girls episode, we wanted to put on our oversized pink polos, shave our mom's chest hair, load up on our calteen bars, and hop into our time machines all the way back to 2004 so we can relive some of my personal high school traumas and discuss all the reasons why high school is the worst. Which, of course it is, unless you're a fucking football coach who lives in his garage because his wife won't let him sleep in the same room as her anymore. Seriously, do not trust any person who says high school was the best time of their lives. One of my high school English teachers unironically told us that these would be the best years of our lives. And I was like, what happened in the fucking 50 years of your life that was so horrible (laughs) that you dare tell us that she also married a former student so i think she's a little stuck in the past and she was mean to me so fuck her also barry wants you to know that she went to the high school that mean girls was based on in the
0: show it's called north shore high school but it's based on Nutra high school which is where i went and it was fine
1: if you don't know, New Trier is a rich-ass fucking school it's on the side school, of Chicago. It's a public school, but it is the most private and everybody there schools. is the fucking worst. I... Anyway, so let's get stuck in the past and jump back 14 years to when I started high school. And if you're trying to do the math, let me pull out my fucking math lead skills. Because I was in high school from 2004 to 2008. I am 28 years old. I know I look like I'm a 40-year-old weatherman. <laughs> But I'm a delicate cherub, so please respect my youth. Let's get into it. Let's talk about the worst things about being in high school. Let's just start with the worst. High school gym class. Uh, it's just a thinly veiled ISIS training, okay? God. Yes. I understand that like America as a whole could probably use a bit of a fitness lesson, but like should we really be forcing teenagers who are already at their most disgusting, just like hygienically speaking, should we really be forcing them into exercise in the middle of the day with no access to showers? or soap. Technically, we had showers. But, like, I don't think legally we were allowed to use them.
0: We were allowed to, but you didn't have time. They don't give you enough time to take a full shower afterwards.
1: Yeah. I always saw the showers. I just assumed, like, in my fantasies that that was for, like, the football team. Mm Mm-hmm. Literally, your high school years are when your body odor glands are at their most pungent. Just, like, pumping out those smells. And we're like, sure, sure, go ahead, go get filthy. It's fine, because here's a raggedy cloth that you can wear while you do it. It'll just soak up all your juices. Gym clothes. My high school colors were brown and orange. Oh god. <laughs> because yeah, we uh, we were founded in the 70s. When <laughs> Burt Reynolds pubes was the only color palette the public knew. So our gym uniforms were disgusting. <laughs> My least favorite thing was something called the Pacer Test, which I feel like I've referenced at some point before. But it was this, this is, the problem is that I went to high school right when technology started becoming um, relevant. (laughs) 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 <laughs> like computers were small enough to start bringing into fucking schools. Uh, and so we had, even though this was literally controlled by a boom box, not a computer. <laughs> Basically the Pacer test was my least favorite test. And it was, they, and you they, love tests. I know. Um, fuck you. They <laughs> put, uh, they had a boom box and they would put a CD into it. And it was this woman's voice. And you had to start on one side of the gym and it would beep and and then you have to run to the other side of the gym before the next beep. And it would get faster and faster and faster. In order to pass, you had to run a certain number of laps. It's a yeah. nightmare. It's an <laughs> absolute got, like, nightmare. I got three laps. And I was like, Ugh. At my
0: school, every Thursday, you had to run the mile. And I have had every Thursday, every fucking Thursday you had to run a mile. And it's like, oh, I've had to talk about it in therapy because I'm a really slow runner and I was always the last person. (laughs) And like everyone just sits there watching you finish the mile. It is.
1: Horrible. I ran the mile and you had to do it in under 13 minutes in order to pass. And I ran, I swear to God, I ran like a 13 minute and 10 second mile Mm -hmm. and they made me redo it.
0: Like you're not going to run faster the second time.
1: But the second time they let us do it, they let all the fat kids wear heart monitors and you just had to like stay within an elevated range. They were like, don't have a fucking heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) We'll let you pass. (laughs) Um, But then, My gym teacher, who I hated so much, the one gym teacher, there was a time when we were playing baseball with metal bats and... I say they don't. They didn't tell the fat gay kid how to let go of the bat when you hit, <laughs> when you hit the ball because they're like he won't. <laughs> he, we don't have to worry about that. He'll just set it down while he cries. And I defied the odds and hit the ball. And then I swung the bat, let go of it, ran to first base, made it, turned around, and she was lying on the ground clutching her <laughs> ankle because I fucking threw the bat directly at her. <laughs> and I she like broke her ankle or like oh sprained my God. that shit. So, yeah, she was not a great fan of me because I would always try to get out of shit.
0: I was allowed to get out of shit because my brother is a swim coach at a rival high school. And so he always knew the gym teachers and they were super nice to me.
1: Fuck you. Speaking of swimming. That's my next because we had swim class. We had this giant pool in the center of the school that you always had to walk around. And It's just honestly just an excuse to fucking deep fry all of our sticky bodies in chlorine in the middle of the day. (laughs) And I tried to get out of it, but they never believed that my period lasted three weeks. So they're like, oh, you have to fucking do it. I tried. I went to my doctor and I was like, I'll get earaches because I did. And he was like, that motherfucker wrote me a prescription for (laughs) earplugs, which is one step above making you fucking put your fingers in your ear. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I get horrible earaches. I literally had swimmer's ear, which is a, a disease. It's not. It's, it's not. You get an ear infection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I tried to get out of it and it only made it worse. Because then I was like the fucking alien kid who walked out of the locker room in like goggles, earplugs, <laughs> nose plug. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd drop an earplug would fall out and go down to the bottom of the like 12 feet. And I'd have to ask other kids to like swim down and fetch it for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to make friends. <laughs> um, also, they fucked up that pool with chlorine. Like, we would get out of the pool and the rest of the day would be, like, glowing (laughs) from the inside. That pool was was a chemical...
0: More chlorine than water.
1: Yeah. And that was the only time that we actually used the showers, too. It wasn't uh, that we were separate showers and you kept your bathing suit or whatever you call it. What do people call it? Like, trunks?
0: I call it a bathing suit, but yeah, I guess swim trunks?
1: I feel like bathing suit is, like, Victorian era where you have, like... (laughs) (laughs) like full pants and a full t-shirt on and it's black with stripes Mm -hmm. anyway i was always that kid who was like i'll wait for a stall and i'll go into the stall everyone else just whipped it out i hated that speaking of which everybody is way too horny for their own good in high school like when a dog is in heat you keep it away from other dogs. You don't put it in a brick building with 2,000 other horny dogs for six hours every day. I sat next to a kid in Spanish class who would always be sniffing a pair of gym shorts. What? Just every day he would sniff this pair of gym shorts. And finally I was like, hey, um, <laughs> quick question. Just um, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and it turns out... His girlfriend gave him her gym shorts every day after gym class so that he could sniff her fresh juices. I feel ill. Teenage boys are disgusting! Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember when he told me that, I was like, that's "That's when I knew that I was a full-blown homosexual. Because I was (laughs) like, that's repulsive. Um the other scandal that happened after I left was that two guys, one of which I had a major crush on, did gay porn. Yes. <laughs> and not just like amateur, like one of the one of the major studios. Um I don't have to get into the details and share my uh, extensive knowledge on the topic, but <laughs> it came out on like Facebook uh that these two guys separately did it and Obviously, I had to, like, do research. Yeah, of course. So the way that it w- it works is they start off by doing a, um, you know, like a, a solo venture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, just to see how things go. And then if they're accomplished enough in that respect, they come back and do a, a, a duet. Ah. Or perhaps a trio. Ooh. <laughs> a triage. Uh, but only one of them, the one that I was obsessed with, came back for a duet and was... A bottom, <laughs> and uh, it was it was it's painful to watch because it's not it. He does not look like he's having a good time. Oh no! <laughs> not a great actor in that situation. Even though he had a tongue ring in high school, he was like the local DJ at our like oh, under twenty one club. Oh, no. Clubs. <laughs> he God, thought he, was he would always share those like DJ pictures on MySpace, oh, and my I was God. like, "You'll get fucked one day <laughs> 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 on camera, <laughs> and I'll watch it." Um. Anyway, shout out to them; they really did it. Let's see what else. Oh yeah, one time my my rival and I <laughs> we were having lunch, and something hit my foot, and I t- looked down, and it was it was a porn DVD that someone brought to school. It. <laughs> Because uh, it was two thousand like six, so the most advanced technology for pornography was a DVD.
0: Yeah, load that sucker into the computer.
1: Yeah, you know how DVDs like had a graphic on the yeah. top of it. Yeah, it was it was like, um, uh, how do I describe it? You know, like a, a glazed donut. Yes. Was <laughs> well, a woman's face, mm-hmm. and um, it looked like a glazed donut. Great. So great, great, great. <laughs> Uh, the other guy, he was like, I think I'll take it. And I was like, <laughs> I, that was the most scared I was in high school though, because I was like, they're going to find out. They're going to like have it on camera that we picked the DVD up and are going to like find out one of us has it, even though I didn't keep it. Also, when you're in the midst of high school, everybody treats that shit like it's the most important thing that's happening ever. I was. I clearly cared way too much in high school. I, like picture what you think I looked like and acted like in high school. Mm-hmm. Just picture mm-hmm. that in your head. Got it. That's it. That's that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You got it. That's what you're thinking. <sighs> Um, also in, in high school, books are heavy as fuck. Okay, why did books have to be that heavy in high school? Not to I mention understand. the fucking
0: graphing calculators. They're like 50 pounds and we needed to cost damn million dollars. New
1: calculator every year, and they cost six hundred dollars, and all they did was you could draw a more complicated boob. That's it. NEXT! Fuck a school bus. Not literally, but you get what I'm saying. I hated the bus so much. <laughs> the one story if you really want to it was I think this was middle school middle school I'll allow it one day it was I was taking the bus and the bus driver decided to take us on like a joy ride that's not legal yeah and me and this other kid were like this isn't this is not okay it was like (laughs) on the way to school (laughs) so everybody else was like do it we want to be late and me and this other kid were like this is kidnapping (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I mean in retrospect it was weird yeah you're not supposed to do that um, next my high school won this radio contest and Steve Harvey came <laughs> it was like this I think it was throughout Chicago and the pri- you had to like call in from your school and like repeatedly and I guess we won and uh, so we had an all, all school assembly like 2,000 kids in, in the gym and Steve Harvey came out And it was the worst thing ever because basically all he did was hit on the hot teacher (laughs) and then tell everybody to be like realistic about their dreams. He was like, let's face it. None of you are going to be professional basketball players. <laughs> Let's just like take it down a notch, and then like the rumor was that he was going to give everybody iPods, Ooh. and so we were all like, "That was what we were holding out for," and it never happened. Wow. So we left empty. Thanks a lot, Steve Harvey. Yeah. Steve Harvey, have fun, if you're listening. Have fun to in this, your fucking fu- fucking 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 wheel of fortune or whatever. You mini iPods. <laughs> Family Feud. Your fucking mustache. It's
0: <sighs> a good mustache.
1: Also. Sex ed, uh, I don't think I learned a single thing in sex ed. Nope. So, sex ed in my school was taught by the gym teacher, obviously, because, like, oh, I guess they're an expert on running around and also fucking. So, (laughs) why not explain it? And we used to have like guest speakers come in, and there was this one guy who came in who was like the abstinence guy, and they did this exercise. I remember this vividly. Where he had construction paper heart, mm-hmm. and he made it. Everybody had to pass it around and tear off a piece of the heart, and it was supposed to symbolize that like every person that you share your body with has a piece of rips a piece of your heart off. I mean, is he and wrong? You'll never get. You'll never be whole again. <laughs> and to end, let's let's chat quickly about prom. And graduation, uh, of which I did both. Congrats! <laughs> I went with my friend who asked me. We got a stretch limousine. Ooh. <laughs> okay, I think it was like a stretch minivan. <laughs> it was one of those. But I remember we got so scared. It, our prom was at Navy Pier in Chicago, in the like Botanical Gardens, which was way fancier than we should have been able to afford. Uh, but I remember on the way there, it was kind of like a foggy night, and our Limo driver stopped and like got out of the car and started like circling the limo and we're like, did he turn
2: into this a vulture?
1: Literally, like every horror movie ever. <laughs> it's just like a limo, a limo full of high school students on the way to prom get stabbed to death <laughs> just collectively. I think in in retrospect, we were like waiting for a train to pass and he just like got out to smoke. <laughs> but at, at the time in the foggy windows we were like this is it final destination. <laughs> um yeah, my prom date she made me take off her like I I didn't realize it was the thing that you like take off their garter that oh. they wear and I, I there was like the other couples we were with were like actually couples and they oh, all started no. doing it and then she she tapped me on the shoulder and pointed down at her leg and I was like oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and I I did it. I still have it somewhere. What? Yeah, you like keep it as a souvenir. You don't have to. I didn't want any of it. All right. I was I was a tiny gay child who was forced into a heterosexual charade that was prom (sighs) prom is the worst so fuck high school fuck the gym teacher fuck the english teacher fuck the fucking swimming pool fuck the doctor who scribed the earplugs fuck all of it And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. I hope I gave you enough high school material for your next therapy appointment. But let's leave our teens behind and get ready for an interview and a game with Daniel Francesi. We'll be back right after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Daily Harvest, When you're a successful comedian like me, you're often flying to and fro, coast to coast, up and down this great nation. So when I need healthy fuel fast, I turn to Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest delivers perfectly portioned cups of frozen organic fruits and vegetables directly to your door. Their new plant-based, ready-to-blend protein smoothies are inspired by my biggest inspiration, dessert and each one is packed with at least 10 grams of protein with no chalky powders. I love blending up the chocolate and hazelnut smoothie before heading out to the airport. I can call a car, blend up the smoothie, and pour it back in the same cute cup it came in before the car even arrives. It makes me feel like I'm in first class, even when I'm way back in coach. You can go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code UNHAPPY to get three cups free in your first box. That's promo code UNHAPPY for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com, daily-harvest.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Evelyn and Bobby. Evelyn and Bobby is a women-led intimates company rooted in technology and the celebration of the natural form. It's the best underwear ever, guaranteed. But how do they do it, you may be asking? Well, it's a mix of their unique softness combined with smooth, flat seams. All together, it offers a comfortable, luxurious feel. Evelyn and Bobby comes in three silhouettes, Song, bikini, and girl short with four-way stretch that moves with you. But how do you know all this, Matt? You may be asking. Well, because I gave a few pairs to Barry in a not weird way, and she won't shut up about them.
0: Listen, I love me a pair of high-waisted pants, but I often have, like, an extra bulge from my underwear seams that don't go as high as the high-waisted pants themselves, but not since I've been wearing the bikini silhouette. Now, I've got knickers that are comfy, stretched to fit with my pants, and have virtually no seams to be seen.
1: Visit EvelynBobby.com and use code UNHAPPY to get a Free pair of knickers with any purchase. That's a $28 value only when you use the code unhappy at EvelynBobby.com. That's E V E L Y N B O B B I E.com. Visit to get your knickers today. I am excited to have on actually an Unhappy Hour Easter egg. True fans of Unhappy Hour will know that uh, this particular guest has been on before during our drag race episode. He is an actor, model, big guy, fashion mogul, Italian icon, and comic. Woo! <laughs> our guest complainer today it is also Daniel. Smell good. <laughs> <laughs> also smells good, can attest. Uh, Daniel Franzese. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hi. Um, That was quite the introduction. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Quite the introduction is not (laughs) necessarily a good introduction, but I'll take it as a compliment. Well, we're here to complain. I'm just going to nitpick about everything. (laughs) We ask everybody actually first, what is
2: one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Chocolate ice cream. (gasps) Get out of this studio Everybody hates it. Everybody loves it. I'm like, eh. I'd rather have almost any other flavor than chocolate ice cream. Although I do love a Wendy's Frosty. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) That's somehow different. Is it the flavor or like the the
1: blandness of it? The
2: flavor, I guess.
1: Is it any type of chocolate? Like what about like chocolate fudge, double chocolate? Yeah.
2: That's like double what I don't like. (laughs) I love chocolate. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Okay. And I'll,
2: I'll have ice cream with chocolate in it. Like, like vanilla ice cream or another ice cream with chocolate in it, like mint chocolate chip is like one of my faves. Yes, yes. Okay. But just a scoop of chocolate, I'm not impressed.
1: I honestly, my favorite is to like get mint chocolate chip and then like a chocolate, like just pure chocolate, and then like have them together. Okay. Now I really want this.
2: <laughs> well, it's,
1: your hatred of
2: it. This has is inspired in my studio. Me. There should have been ice cream. I demanded ice cream. <laughs> we'll
1: get. You know what I hate? Podcasts without ice cream. <laughs> We'll get the truck. We'll pull it up. All right. All right. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I feel like most people, like, say something that it's like, all right, we either all hate that or
2: you don't really hate it. But you got one. I'm just like, oh, I'm good. But a Frosty is different. It is different. It's not a shake. What's in it that makes it different? I don't know. Like, I know, like, like there's malted. Like, my mom always calls every shake a malted. <laughs> You're not going to eat your malted? And I'm like, it's actually just a
1: shake. <laughs> I, I feel like my parents do that, too. Did you have Dairy Queens where you grew up? Yeah. Yeah. Some people don't. There's I no Dairy Queen in L.A. Them. There's no Dairy Queen here. Oh, I guess that's true. I looked it up because I a wanted blizzard? to go.
2: I love a Blizzard.
1: They all used to be Dairy Queen, Orange Julius combinations. Ew. And now all the Dairy Queens I are don't wrong. like
2: Orange Julius either. Sorry, guys. That's
1: fine. I don't even really know what an Orange Julius is. But we always had a regular order at Dairy Queen. We could walk in and say we want the regular. Yeah. And it was you were a- like a
2: Dairy Queen queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And the people who ran our particular franchise were like the least happy people on the planet. Oh. And uh they I'm pretty sure that they fucking hated one another and ice cream and the entire town. It was just wow. like they hated everything. But we you was- have to be like
2: really miserable to be miserable and apply sprinkles to something. <laughs> like that has to be like another level of like misliab. Like, I, I like, kind
1: of feel like it's a requirement. Like no one is happily putting sprinkles on ice cream.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like throwing sprinkles at it.
1: But our regular was a uh, large chocolate extreme. Ooh. Extra brownies, easy blended. So okay. That, easy
2: blended. Oh my god! Slice thin, please. Slice thin. <laughs> because if they they easy sometimes blended. blended it too much and it would just you're destroy the brownies. An, you're annoying. <laughs>
1: That's why they hated themselves. I don't think they hated their jobs. I just think they hated you. Right. It was every time they saw us, they were so unhappy. Oh, here comes
2: Easy Blender. Here she comes. (laughs) They see you like, boop, boop. You're like coming out of of the car towards the building. It's less
1: work for them. It's less blending. Because
2: they're not just doing their normal like, they've got to like be like. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. It's true. Well, whatever. I haven't seen them in a very long time. Well, as soon as I found a Dairy Queen, Maybe in New York City or something. We should yeah. get together and like have right. like a recap. Right? Oh, I
1: know where all two of the Dairy Queens in New York are. All, all two of them. Fourteenth Street and Sixth Avenue. Okay. And uh, Staten Island. Wow, you're not and even I, playing. I'm not going to Staten Island. So Fourteenth Street well, and Sixth, I think. Okay. Okay. You and I have a lot in common, mainly that we are both products of Italian mothers. Oh. Um, I should say, my mother is like a Chef Boyardee Italian. She's not like true.
2: <laughs> like ketchup and salt is for gravy? She makes a
1: great uh, marinara sauce that right. like she learned.
2: But, it, but You called it a sauce already. That's a point off. <laughs> but it's okay.
1: What do you call it? Gravy. Oh, God, no. I, I refuse. Oh, no, God. no. You
2: don't know then. That's disgusting. All right. Uh, yeah. No,
1: my dad's side is actually the Italian side and my mom moved into it and then oh, okay. became like a fake Italian. She was like trained. Right. Yeah, it counts. It was like my big fat Greek wedding, but okay. Italian. And she yeah. she became an Italian, and and makes like, she learned to make a gravy, I guess, if you want to call it that, yeah. from my dad's grandma, who's like pure Italian, like oh, came good. on a boat like and off the boat. Uh, and yeah, and like would tell recipes. What's the Italian
2: last name in your family? Bellissi. Oh yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> My last <Okay>, name. <laughs> going back with two recipes, sorry, I can't. Uh, she
1: would she would explain recipes and the, the she would say use this much uh uh like pepper and it was just a point on her arm that she would point oh, to. Yeah it's it true. was not like any any
2: real measurement. No, they it don't. was
1: just like this much, this much. It, it doesn't My really My grandma
2: work. was low-key evil. She used to leave one item off of the list of the <laughs> recipes, so it wouldn't taste as good as hers.
1: Probably. That's probably She'd be like
2: and no salt. And you'd be like what? <laughs> I'm serious. She really did. She gave people recipes and be like, why didn't it turn out as good as yours? She was sneaky. And yeah. she died with those recipes.
1: Yeah. Which is like
2: What's you have the to point? Pass your I, wanna, art on. I wanna eat that rice ball. Whatever. Yeah. No big deal.
1: What was it like growing up with a an Italian mother? A true Italian. Um, mother. My
2: grandparents are all from Italy. My mom's parents, their parents are from Italy. Um, and so, I mean, it was normal to me. Like, most people had, like, a cement backyard or, like, a pool, and we had, like, a garden, like, a full-on garden. Like, <laughs> we had, like, a fig tree and a grapevine. This isn't, like, I don't even know, like, 20 by 8 feet. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even yeah. know. Uh, tomatoes, basil, cucumbers. Then the cucumbers would be turned into pickles. Like, I mean, the full—I have, like, a low-key green thumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could, like... That's a skill. It is a skill. It just happened. I don't know. Also, so
1: she was the lunch lady in your high school? Or? My, where are you getting... My, my, <laughs>
2: I don't know where this information comes from. My mom...
1: Honestly, I'm not even joking. It's on your Wikipedia
2: page. It is not. <laughs> that pulling. my mom was the lunch lady is on the Wikipedia? <laughs> I'm pulling it up right now. I don't even read that shit. Okay, so my mom... <laughs> Whatever, I don't even have a Wikipedia She was the page. lunch lady in my high school, but the year after I graduated. So she was my sister and brother's... It is on there. Oh, my God.
1: Your early life section has two sentences, and one of them is, his mother was a lunch lady at the school. You know, that's (laughs) not
2: even my mom's greatest credit. My mom was... She got into the school as a lunch lady in my sister's middle school, transferred to my high school when my sister went there. So she went there for my sister and brother. She was a salad bar lady and she would hook it up. Like she would come in with like real, you know, like like <laughs> garlic powder and like grated cheese and stuff. And she'd be like, I got you, babe. And like hook up people's salads. Uh-huh. I wish she went there when I went there. I'd actually eat salad. Yeah. She did that. But then she ended up becoming an aide to mentally and a teacher for mentally and physically handicapped kids. And I think that's her true legacy of that yeah. school. Yeah. Like, she had an incredible time there working with those kids. She got one kid who never spoke before to start speaking. She saved a bunch of kids off of a burning bus. What? Yeah, she was on a school bus. She was on a school bus, uh-huh. and um, she smelled some some burning plastic. And she was telling the driver, and they weren't listening. And she just kept telling the driver, and all of a sudden smoke started to billow up. And she started to carry all the physically handicapped kids one by one off the bus. Got smoke inhalation, everything. Like I was in the hospital.
1: So your mother is a superhero. My
2: mom's lo- like high key a superhero. I think my mom truly, if you want to really talk about my mom, I think she's an empath. Oh, truly, like I think she can she can tell when something like. I read about it recently, and it said that an empath could, like, walk into a room full of strangers and then find someone who's emotionally not feeling well and then go and connect with them and fix it. That's, like, what my mom's like. One day she was like, do you know who I saw the other day? And I'm like, oh, she's like, I saw Jenna. And I'm like, who's Jenna? You know Jenna? She was at the I'm like, I don't know Jenna. Jenna and Robert. Jenna and Robert. I'm like, who's Jenna and who's Robert? She's like Jenna, the girl from Kinkos that printed out your invitations that I invited <laughs> to the party and her fiance Robert. I'm like, what? She just knows people that like I couldn't possibly know. I'm like, I'm still trying to remember people I slept with. Yeah. My
1: mom pulled out one of my teeth with a wrench once. What? That's her.
2: What did you have, like a loose tooth and she pulled it out? Literally,
1: it was a loose tooth and it was an actual wrench that we we didn't disinfect. We just put a Kleenex around it and then she ripped it out and I bled everywhere and then I threw up because of the
2: blood. Mom saved the day. I guess. I mean eventually we know fell I out. put a string on my tooth and tried and slammed the door. Yeah. To try to get it out. I tried to do that. It didn't work. It no, just, we like, we started it.
1: with that and then it just
2: eventually elevated to like power tools and
1: uh yeah. Let's talk about um Damien. Uh yes. you wrote this letter to Damien in, in twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. which was like the ten year ten year anniversary of right. me and girls. And the one line is that stood out to me the most was how you kind of hated Damien in the aftermath
2: mm-hmm. of mean girls. What was that like? Um, I was so excited to do this part. I don't want to take away from the experience. I'm so yeah, grateful yeah. for the part. Like, but I hated the experience that I was having in Hollywood. Like previous to me doing this role, like I was up for all these other things. I was almost turtle and entourage at one point. You know, I was like it was like, you know, I had like really great auditions and then all those dried up. There was nothing, and the only thing I was getting offered were gay roles. And in two thousand and four, they were writing these really stereotypical, lame gay roles, and I was angry. Mm-hmm. I was mad. You know, people would be like, "Are you a Mean Girls?" I'd be like, "No." And I like that's when I like grew the beard and tried to hide out and like hated West Hollywood and all of that stuff because I felt like, why should it hold me back? Like, why shouldn't I even have the opportunity? It was annoying, you know, right. and. When my movie was, like, three years old, it was like, that movie was, like, three years ago, you know? (laughs) And then when the movie was, like, seven years old, they're like, nobody cares. It's seven years old. But then when it was 10 years old, all of a sudden, they're like, this shit's a classic. Like, people cared more, I guess, all of a sudden. And then, you know, after 10 years when your movie, now we're going on 15 next year. It's just as relevant as it's ever been. Yeah. So I started getting, like, an influx of new letters. And somebody wrote me a letter. And they were like, I don't know if you're gay or not, and it doesn't really matter. And the first thing I was like is, no, it totally matters. At yeah. this point, like, I had been in the closet. I had started coming out to friends. I was in a committed relationship. I was on the front line, like, the very first person on CNN for, like, the Prop 8 rallies and the marches. Mm-hmm. Where When it mattered, I was out. And I still have friends like this that are closeted, but when it matters, they're out. But then yeah. they, like, go back in. Mm-hmm. Um, So when it mattered, I was out. But that wasn't enough. The fact that this person didn't know made a difference to me. Anyway, they went on to say... When I was in eighth grade, I was beat up because I was chubby and I was beat up because I was a sissy. And then your movie came out and I went into ninth grade. And on my first day of school, the popular senior girls were like, you're just like Damien. Come sit with us. And he was like, thank you for giving me an identity and for something that I could lean on so people could understand who I was. Yeah. I was, I mean, I cried my eyes out. I I felt very privileged as a human being to even feel that complex of an emotion. Mm -hmm. Like both like the shame of being in the closet plus like the honor of being able to do something like that. Plus like the remembrance of me as a child. Plus like the gift of being able to clear this guy of that kind of pain. It was too much. And so I just decided to come out. And I if I thought that, you know, at the time, anything we did was like, if we farted, it was like getting front page news. Like, you know, <laughs> I ran into Lindsay like in a restaurant and ended up on the front of page of the Times of India. And I'm like, okay, so I know the listen now. <laughs> the
1: Times of India. Yeah, it
2: did. It really did. <laughs> and I was just, I mean, how the hell do you get like a gay person on the cover of the Times of India? Yeah, like, that's
1: very true. And
2: it was interesting to me. I was like, I know that this like you know has that resonance so yeah it was the perfect time you know everyone always says come out when it's right for you Mm -hmm. and this was like the right time if i didn't do it now it wouldn't have had the kind of social impact that i thought i could have right and for sure you know when i came out it just went nuts it Uh was like everywhere again you know Again, made the cover of the Times of India. <laughs> but I was like, so, I mean, it's still to this day, I get like Google alerts about that letter, yeah. right? like that still pop up. And I did it through IndieWire instead of like Us Weekly. I knew how to do it. Uh-huh. Like, I try to keep it classy, you know, and I tried to like make it be about the work yeah, and about the experience of the work. And I, to me, I thought my platform was more about kind of like how we're having a Me Too moment right now in Hollywood. Like, I thought it was about like, hey, let's cut the bullshit for queer actors. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that that was going to have maybe more of an impact in that regard. Right. Um, but instead, you know, it just really spoke to all the fans of the show and all the people who, you know, about coming out in general. And maybe it had a little bit of a broader reach. I didn't expect. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like an in-the-industry in conversation that I was going to, you know, I thought I was coining the term gay glass ceiling. <laughs> I th- I really had, like, different <laughs> thoughts. like But um in, yeah. instead it was more... An Interesting tabloid moment, but like, hey, um, whatever it takes to sort of get the message out there, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because I it's still like a big thing, I, I, there's still a lot of people who are like not
2: I it. in the I, industry. I, I would say in the past three years, I've had like five straight auditions, yeah, you know? I mean, they were good ones from you know, but you know, it's actually the weirdest part. I reference a uh, an audition that I had in that letter. Uh, where I couldn't go in for this doughy, blue-collar, big love of a guy opposite a friend of mine that I did three movies and a play with who lived with me in L.A. Uh And the casting director was a lesbian. It was the gays that were holding me back, mostly. Mm -hmm. I felt like straight people were cooler about it. Like It was more like gay people would be like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I know what you are, I smell it on you, you're going to come in for this gay role. Like, and that's how it was. Yeah. And I felt so beat down and held back by my um, by my so-called brethren and sister. Right, right.
1: It's weird how a lot of the pressure to come out on behalf of, like, gay actors comes from the gay community. But, like, I, I feel like there, there's still a big resistance to it. Th- this was 2014 that you wrote this letter. Now it's four or five years later. To
2: me, it's the goal isn't, oh, I want to play straight. The goal is, like, I want to play a fully realized character with an arc. Mm-hmm. And my argument was was that in 2004 gay characters weren't written like that yeah the role that I I was like up for right after Mean Girls I didn't see Nanny, Nanny Diaries but there was like a role in that of like her roommate or something I don't know who played it or what it was I didn't even see the movie yeah but like the script, the way it was written, it was like, he has a feather boa and eyeliner on. <laughs> and he answers the door. And I'm just like, no. Like, do you know? And there was nothing about it except for it to be a laugh. It wasn't even like a, not, a cool non-binary character uh-huh. who's expressing themselves that way and accepted. It was a laugh at that person. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't go backwards. I mean, Damien was so progressive, I knew what how it pushed the envelope. I couldn't believe that Damien wasn't made fun of for being fat once in the script. Yeah. You know? I mean, if you're nitpicking— Like, you know, there's that one moment before I come into Santa where she goes, and why is he so huge and obnoxious? But, like, not even. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there was just—I had never read a script. And, by the way, I don't—if you go back and look at the 2004—I mean, if someone's a cinephile and really feels like they want to do this. (laughs) But if you go back and look at the 2004 reviews of Mean Girls, every single Mean Girl review that mentions me talks about my weight. It never mentions it in the script— but in the in the reviews they call me obese they call me fat they call me zoftic they call me mountainous they call I've been called every oh adjective God. yes Yes, and for queer and for and for fat. I've been called everything you could ever be called by critics and by reviewers. And that's my ultimate legacy. Like, if someone hasn't seen the movie and they read a review, they're reading that I'm fat or obese or gay or fay. Or I even thought that I played Damien actually, like, on a spectrum where, like, because Damien in the musical is different than Damien in the movie, I yeah, should say. Yeah. But Damien in the movie didn't even have his first kiss yet. He was sort of, like, in that weird in-between time where he's kind of like, I know, but I'm not ready to say that out loud. Yeah. And to me, at the end of the movie, when she goes, look, I'm a queen, and I go, as am I, that was, like, my little way to sneak in him coming out, uh-huh. you know, I it, he didn't really come out in the movie. He never says, I'm gay, you know? Right. Whereas, like, for all intents and purposes, like, Grey almost has a tap dance number about it. <laughs> like, But I'm, like, you know— um, I didn't get that privilege, but I loved it. I loved the, the gray area that he was in. <laughs> I loved the area that he was in, and I loved the, uh, the innocence of it and uh-huh. the sweetness of Damien and Mean Girls and the 16 year old purity. Yeah. Of a queer kid. Yeah. I don't think I saw that a lot. That was so important to me. And that's the only reason that even as a person who was so terrified of playing gay roles, I would turn down all this stuff that I was like, yes. I mean, that and Saturday Night Live, obviously. I was like, oh, my God, I get to work with all these people. Yeah, I'm in. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, even, even my experience watching the movie, like, I remember exactly the first time I saw it. And it was with my mom. We rented it from Blockbuster and watched <laughs> it. And, like, I don't even think I, I – thought about it at the time as like, oh, there's this character who is a lot like me in this experience, and it is like... Normalizing this type of person who is me, but yeah, I remember when I came out to my parents. Like, I feel like my dad referenced like Glee.
2: I was, it was I came sure. out late, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, that like does matter because yeah. here's why: somebody who is FarmersOnly.com <laughs> that doesn't really get what the hell's going on, yeah, can see Damien, love Damien, and be like, oh, they're like Damien, or oh, they're like Jack from Will and Grace. Or oh, they're like Will or oh, they're like just these characters mattered so much because who we love in our shows become our friends. They become part of our family, they become people that teach us lessons. Yeah. When a character in a movie or a television show or play goes through a journey, we go through that journey with them. We go on that emotional journey with them. So this allowed a lot of people who don't have a gay person in their home to be able to have a gay person in their home. Yeah. And it played all the time. I mean, it was I mean, really, over those ten years it was on TBS like twenty four hours a day or whatever, or ABC Family or whatever at the time. And yeah. so I think it allowed a lot of people, like, a, I bet you it allowed a lot of, like, conservative families to let their daughters have a gay friend and it be okay. Yeah. I mean, it really, it, Damien opened up a lot of those doors. which yeah. Which I was hoping happened, but, you know, you never know.
1: Yeah. And it is fun. I I don't think I, I thought about it explicitly when I watched, uh, when I saw the musical. But yeah, Damien in the musical is much, much gayer.
2: <laughs> yeah, I so, loved it because yeah. I love the fact that he goes back and talks about like an old romance he had and right. Summerstock and just certain details that I was like, this is going deeper into like a character I created and I get to like see another side of things that I didn't know it was fun also Broadway is just gayer so it makes sense it makes sense to you would think that too but I still remember a time right around 2014 when um, I think it was was it David Hyde Pierce that was on Broadway and was getting criticized for acting too gay like by a by a Broadway critic And I I remember the rebuttal to that was just like, you have to be kidding. Like, if you're looking for a place where straight men are going to play straight men, Broadway's like the wrong place to be. (laughs) It was an incredible rebuttal by another writer. I'm totally misquoting. Look it up. It's worth looking up. But I felt like it was like gay history that somebody was saying that he was too gay to be on Broadway. Yeah. I was like, who are you? (laughs) Um,
1: Well, I'll transition from that. Tell me about your relationship with the phrase too gay to function.
2: Well... What people seem to forget about To Get a Function is that that was the diss in the burn book. Like, would everyone go around, like, calling Rachel McAdams a fugly slut? <laughs> or whatever? Some you of know, us. Or got some to, of us. Some of us. I just feel like people f- were using that too freely, especially because right after the movie, I'm in the closet, right? Right, right. And then people are like, it's To Get a Function. And I'd be like, God, like, stop, you know? Now I, like, love it. Mm-hmm. Like, now I don't care because, girl, hey. You know, but, like, <laughs> I just think that... I, that was the one. Maybe that's why Glad didn't recognize Mean Girls when it came out, or uh-huh. whatever. Because Tina Fey gave me a nice gift. Um, when we, after mean girl, she gave me a Tiffany lighter that had mean inscribed on it and she was like, see you at the glad awards or something really cute like that. And I was like, so, so touched by it. And I was like, Ooh, I'm probably going to be at the glad awards. And then it was just like crickets. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I, the, the only thing I could think about about that at that time was we said some slurs like to get a function is a put down. You know, and I know that's nitpicking, but I mean, I I felt like it was the mean, people forget that that's the mean thing that people put into the book. So for me, I put it in the letter, which I think is where you're getting this from. Yeah. Because I didn't want that to be the title of every single article, which is so easy.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And not one article, to my credit, like mentioned that at all. Right. You know, I feel
1: like it was like the, the postscript
2: yeah. of your letter. And yeah, I, that was I, like, I just thought it was the way to be like, no, fuck you. You're not going to get me on that, you yeah. know?
1: I think the line was like, it, it really is
2: only okay when Janet says it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would say the people who say that, you're part of the problem. Because I would get articles about something else. Like I was in I Spit in Your Grave where I play like a backwoods, like Louisiana, like straight rapist. okay and the article would be like some say he's too good a function but here he's and i'm just like you lazy people do you know what i'm saying like yeah like just uh, it was a way for me to sort of circumvent what i expected
1: but yeah i I mean i think it is a rallying cry for a lot of people
2: also i think it's great like honestly i embrace it all like if we could take it and make it our own you know if we could take like words like faggot or whatever and like make them our own i'm all about that kind of thing for me at the time There just was, like, this really blur between, like, the character I played and who I was as a performer and as a person, you know? Like, Damien is the type of person that you could run up to and hug in a mall. I'm not. (laughs) And just people weren't getting that, you know? Like, And it just felt a little bit like there was, like, a blur.
1: What is the worst thing someone could come up to you and say right
2: now? The worst thing somebody could do is when they already know me and then they call me Damien by accident. (laughs) It's literally, like, it just makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Like, if someone's like, well, are you and Damien coming? Or, like, whatever, and they're, like, talking to me, like, especially in a professional atmosphere, like, I get a little heated. Like, I'm just like, mm, my name's Daniel. Thank you, but. Yeah, it's so close. It is close.
1: Yeah. I it's, know.
2: It's and it happens sometimes. People slip or whatever. Blame human brain. Whatever. But it's just, like, to me, it, you know, I like to have an identity outside of right. characters I play.
1: Right. Um. We have a game we call Bowl of Shit Talk, which Mm -hmm. is just some random topics, things inspired by Mean Girls, and we'll go through um, some of them and some other random things. Um... Toaster strudel. Mm,
2: I'm kind. I kind of ride hard for pop tarts. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that little icing packet is weird. It just feels like extra gluttony. You know what I mean?
1: There's nothing like more demeaning than like bukkake-ing your toaster strudel <laughs> croissant, or
2: like you know. I'm like my like your own like pastry chef, like. <laughs> Just sitting there having to <laughs> yeah. uh, do you do a swirl? Do you just paste it on top? Are you trying to make it pretty for yourself? Like, it's like, no, no,
1: you you try, but no. Um, yeah. even though I think Pop Tarts are also like, uh, it's like if something better, w- well, I don't were heat up like, Pop
2: Tarts, I like my Pop Tarts cold.
1: Yeah, no, there's too much effort. You can't expect me to open a Pop Tart and I then barely heat
2: wait. up things, that are meant to be heated up. <laughs>
1: Yeah. There's no such thing in my world as
2: putting something back in the microwave. My mom's amazing at that, by the way. She'll be like, do you want the Chinese food from yesterday? And I'll be like, sure. And she'll be like, it'll be ready in 40 minutes. And then she'll like <laughs> put it in the oven where I'm like eating hard, cold rice rocks. Yeah. Like I don't even care.
1: There, there, yeah. There's the a right There's a wrong I'm a full-on stoner way.
2: eater. Like that's like, I'll yeah. eat like all that crap.
1: Same. Um, the mathletes. Mm-hmm. I was a mathlete. MVP. <laughs> It, Whoa, really? MVP. I was g- good
2: at it. Really? I'm horrible at math.
1: Yeah. And it, it was indeed social suicide. Oh, so. I
2: am dreadful at math. I was also social suiciding myself over other things, but like. I was also, I it was like the other mathletes didn't like me. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's you're, how you know. You're you. the nerd in the mathletes. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
1: It was because I was so uncool, and I, but I was good at it. And I like beat other people and, and then they would get mad at me. I can't help it that I'm so good at math Yeah, clearly. Um shopping malls. Hate them. Hate
2: They're them for so many reasons. Horrible, yeah. Well, one, not one I could walk with like three thousand dollars worth of cash through a shopping mall and not one thing will have my size. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. only so many hats and scarves a girl can have. Um Caesar salads. Caesar salads, I don't like croutons, really. Yes. And anchovies are kind of a thing. I don't mind it if it's, like, all ground up in the, like, sauce, but when there's, like, a full-on hairy anchovy on top, I'm like, take it away, ma'am! Yeah.
1: Also, yeah, croutons are, like, horrifically overrated.
2: Yeah, it's not my favorite flavor dressing. I'm not—also, all the main dressing offerings that you get at a restaurant, I don't like, really. I usually either get olive oil and vinegar separate with some lemon and make my own concoction. I Uh love a goddess dressing. I love a peanut sauce. (laughs) I love (laughs) that's because you come from like a salad goddess of a mother. Probably. (laughs) Wow. What a great turnaround. But yeah, she does make some of the best salads.
1: Uh, Before I let you go, where can people find you and
2: all of your work? Um, I am. What's up, Danny? On every single platform on uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Mm. Tumblr, Snapchat, Mm. blah, blah, blah. Only Venmo on Venmo. (laughs) What's up, Danny? Love a salad on you. On uh, Facebook, I have a verified account, so you can know it's me. Oh, awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you for coming in and complaining. Thank you for having
2: me. I'll bitch sesh with you anytime. <laughs> all right. Let's do it.
1: We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first are chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easy. Barry, what's your chaser this week?
0: Oh, you know. The Good Place is back! Oh, that's right. It is. I'm so happy that it's back. I'm so excited to see where it's going this season, Um, you know, especially since having Darcy on the show, and I hope we can have each and every one of those beautiful cast members on. It's just, it's just so fun, and it makes me so happy. And uh, yeah, The Good Place. Also, this fall weather has made an insane difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just, it's just not sweaty.
1: I know. Well, I still sweat. I mean, yeah, but.
0: <laughs> but it's not as aggressive.
1: At least on the outside, it's fine. My problem is if I take the subway, it's so it's still it's so still hot gross. down there. It
0: won't be until... It goes like really, really, really gross. And then all of a sudden, it's freezing down there. So yeah. there's no in between.
1: <laughs> like my butthole. Oh, um, what's your chaser, Matt? My chaser is on theme, um, although it might be a little outdated. But the movie Eighth Grade... By Bo Burnham, mm-hmm. uh, is so good.
0: I still I, haven't seen it.
1: It just reminds me, like talking about Mean Girls, which obviously I love as a movie, but also it's like Lindsay Lohan and Rachel McAdams, right. and, and like everyone is beautiful. And I feel like Eighth Grade is one of the only movies about like being that age that is actually so accurate. It's it's kind of like a awkward and uncomfortable to watch but like that's what 8th grade was Yeah, it's not like fucking 30 year old Australian dudes with 8 packs pretending to be 14 years old okay
0: don't shit on Riverdale okay also he's from New Zealand
1: like I should not want to fuck the high school students in your television show okay you're doing it wrong so I loved 8th grade. There's no, it's, it's not really even like that much of a story as much as just like a portrait of like a girl in 8th grade. And that's it for this episode and for the second season of Unhappy Hour. Thanks for listening to our show. We love making it and I can't wait to get cracking on season three. We'll be back on November 6th. I'll be here before you know it. Till then, you can head to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher. Wherever you get podcasts, hit that subscribe button so our new episodes will pop right up in your feed every single week. You can rate us, review us, but only if it's nice. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Claire Ty, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Sin Pym, Jenna Weiss-Berman, Max Linsky, and Eleanor Kagan. Music by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie, and you can compliment me on all the social medias at MapLSI. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next month. Uh, bye bye Evelyn and Bobby's women-led intimates company creates beautiful, purposeful products to make women's lives better. They've created the best underwear ever, combining unique softness with smooth, flat seams that offer a fit so comfortable, you'll forget you're wearing them. Evelyn and Bobby comes in three silhouettes and one size that fits many with four-way stretch that moves with you. Visit EvelynBobby.com and use code UNHAPPY to get a free pair of knickers with any purchase. That's a $28 value only when you use the code UNHAPPY at EvelynBobby.com.